Welcome to the party, bang bang! Alright, we're back, we're sober, it's, it's Claytron, the big boss man, the clumsy jeweler, because I'm always dropping gems, uh, but, it's like I dropped the ball on the weekend, um, I, uh, did the, the 51st, 50th episode with, uh, Dante International Heem, the global go-getter, um, celebrated a little too hard, maybe, I don't know, is there such a thing? Probably, uh, do I want to believe it? No, but, um, hey Clay, where's the, what happened? I thought there was going to be a critical episode for, uh, the Cavs getting swept by the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, so did I. I actually recorded it in person with uh, Stephen Calvin Fresh Coombe, uh, who we all know and love from the previous uh, critical episodes, and the lovely uh, Ash, uh, his, his uh, lady. Lady! Um, and the recording was fucked, uh, the quality was terrible, but I was on some reckless next level shit that, uh, didn't need to be heard by the masses. So I told Moneymaker Mitch to put that to bed as soon as possible. So, um, I'm going to open up with this. Easy I'm going to give myself a midweek Poor posture of the weekend. Poor posture of last weekend. Um, it was all, it was all uh, good just a week ago. Um, talking about celebrating the 50th episode, uh, I knew it was gonna be lit, and I think that that was the uh, the issue was the expectations. I went a little a little too hard, but hey. We're, uh, we're here to party another day, you know? And today is episode 52 of Welcome to the Party. We're back with another guest episode. It is a repeat guest. Um, we have Jordan Biggie Steffens here to talk about that train pull. Last time we had him here, it was a secret. He wasn't able to talk about it. Um, and this time, he's going to run us through his fucking training regime, his recovery we're gonna we're gonna get into the nitty gritty shit because I was I was chucking him softballs over the fence, bro. Little little lobs of the big yellow ball, and he was knocking them shits out of the park. This time I'm, I brought the I brought the hard hitters. So um yeah man, uh, I hope you enjoy that. But before we get into that, man, today. I don't know if it actually came out today, but I only saw it today. Moneymaker Mitch sent it through. And um, Big Bowler brand, we know all about it. Cats have the Big Bowler brand t-shirt. I like that though. I like I like that as a fashion thing because it's kind of funny almost. I don't know. I don't understand it to be honest. But um, Lonzo has another another song. Um, run that shit, money making me. Posted with the brand, y'all just do it for the gram, and we do it for the fans. Bb b oh, hey, bb b oh, hey, bb b oh, hey, bb b oh, hey. Everybody see me balling, 
Big ballin', I be with my brothers Thanking God, then I thank my mother She beat the eyes, made it out the struggle Mellow pulled up in the lamb Jello pulled up in the right People hating on the brand, why? Three B's, never sorry, nah Big ballers making boss moves Double R with the cleanest shoes Red Demon know that zeal too Light to light, man, I'll never lose Ay. I, I don't, I don't want to keep hating, bro. But I can't fuck with that. I can't fuck with that. And I'm not going to stay on this for too long, but... um, What, so what, LeBron's, LeBron's going to go over there with that? I mean, I know he was fucking with Aman Shumpert. Aman... I'm not... He's got bars, though. Aman's got bars, though. Um... This was, this, come on, man. Come on, man. I know you got money. I respect it. I, uh, I, uh, I envy, I envy it, kind of. I mean, I, I, I'm living a relatively happy life right now. The, uh, the occupation's got to go, but we only got, we only got three and a half weeks left. And uh, I'm doing a little Jordan Biggie Steffens right here by keeping uh, keeping the next chapter secret. No, that's bullshit. We haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> I had to get out though. Had to. I can't name my employer. Don't want to um, defame the game or whatever, but shit is weak in there, man. I had to get the fuck out. Anyway. Yeah, man. I respect the, I respect the bread, but um, man, your family's corny, B. For mine, I don't know. I don't know. Can I talk after being so corny lit on the weekend? You feel me? Sometimes you got to reflect on the party. You got to sit there and you got to self-reflect and be like, hey, B, how about you take this weekend off? Um, tomorrow morning is Rachel's birthday um, and she doesn't listen to this uh routinely like the rest of my stewies so i'm gonna tell you right now and she's not home right now i got her a um a fitbit uh because she's always i always count my steps on my um apple watch see how many steps i can get in the day and she she always is like oh, i wish i could do that and um the fitbit i think is better for all that shit the fitbit and the garmin and she has always said to me that she doesn't really want to get text messages on her wrist. So I was like, I'll get her the Fitbit for her birthday and we can have like contests and shit. You know, that cute shit. But then um, we're going out for dinner twice. And she always steals my fucking phone cable. My charger cable. So I got her one of them shits. Alright, so... Uh, she won't hear this before then, so... um. Wish wish her a happy birthday if that's what you want to do at Rachel.fanwick, I think it is on, on the gram. Um make sure you follow um the Welcome to the Party Instagram as well and make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. I was out there uh marketing hard on the weekend and um shit, I was supposed to just be talking about uh that bowl of brand shit. I didn't fuck with that song and um, I don't think the kid had a good enough season to uh, be not focused on on that at this stage. You understand? I think you can do two things at once. I think you can have two passions. 
But um, this kid doesn't, for an NBA player, he doesn't seem to be taking this shit too serious. I'm not sure how long he's going to be in the league, actually. Am I speculating too much on that? Now that I've gone back to that, I forgot what I just was talking about. But that's all good. Um, shit. I saw, uh, I saw this shit. My make Mitch, take us to the news. I saw this shit where, um, Costa Rica, um, and I, my, my apologies, I don't have this in front of me because I just saw it in person. It was an article and I didn't save it and I didn't send it to Triple M. But I saw this shit where Costa Rica uh, ran off of 100% renewable in energy for 300 days. And in my mind, I was like, that is a honeymoon destination. So that's like tourist heavy, right? So they're using like a substantial amount of energy. Why is Costa Rica the only place doing this? Did I source that it's the only place doing this? No. This is the Welcome to the Potty podcast. It's all unsourced. But um, why is this the only place I've heard of that's doing this? Like I always be driving, seeing wind farms and all that shit. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure where else I'm going with that. Enjoy this episode and please welcome my man, Jordan Big Steps. Alright, so I went you did the uh the train pool. Yeah man, I remember last time we spoke I said I was gonna do something but I couldn't tell you yet. Yes. So um yeah, able to get that done. Well we showed up. <laughs> But we showed up 24 hours early. Oh man, when I got your <laughs> message, I was, what was I doing? I was in Melbourne because I flew to Melbourne to coach that morning and I flew back from Melbourne that night, so the Saturday. Right. <laughs> I got your message. I, I, was on the, I was on the Sky bus from Melbourne Airport to the train station. Yeah. And I get this message. Uh, it's pretty quiet up here, man. Where are you guys at? I'm like, what do you mean, where am I at? I'm in Melbourne, man. Where are you? He's like, oh. Train station at Mount Parker. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Mate, I, that did that made me laugh, man. I, I don't know what. I don't know. I, I fucking. <laughs> I got up so early that morning to fly out, and I bounced the night before. And getting that message, I laughed so hard. You made me smile because I was so <laughs> tired, man. We had um, Rachel's like best friend and her boyfriend were here from um, Sydney. Mm. And so we went to pick them up from brunch and they hadn't even got their food yet. And I was like, I was like, oh fuck, we're going to, we're going to fucking miss it. And so I'm like, I'm like, hurry up, like fucking shove that food down your throats and let's get the fuck out of here. And the lady, like my coffee came out mad late and she brings it in a mug and I was like, I need this to go. I need this to go. And I'm like, fucking pay now, now. Oh, <laughs> and we get in the car, we drive up, we oh. picked them up from like. Hut Street or some shit. Yeah. And then drove all the way up to, to Mount, Mount Barker. Barker. And we're, I'm like zooming around Mount Barker and I found, I like found the spot because mm. I'd seen the, the Instagram of you um, like mm. testing the gear. Mm. And so I was like, oh, this is it. 
fuck. <laughs> no one's fucking here. Like, oh, dude, I felt so bad too. I was laughing so hard, but I was like, oh, man, the guy's gone up the day before when the weather was really good too. Yeah. But, yeah, we were on the Sunday, sorry. But, oh, but I felt so bad for, like, rushing these guys through breakfast. So now I know this. So I feel bad. No, 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 no. So I bought them, I bought them lunch and shit because oh, we yeah, were out for lunch yeah. as well. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's tomorrow. Oh, man. And then, yeah, and then they actually left Sunday morning, so I couldn't even take them Sunday. Yeah. But um, there were, you weren't missing us. There was a bit of a crowd there. Well, I was missing you guys. <laughs> there was no doubt I was missing you guys, but... Look, I don't think anyone had planned for that many people. I, we got the weather report the night before and it was meant to be raining all day. So I, I was thinking to myself, look, I put a post out on Facebook. I said, look, it's going to be live streamed. Um, if it's too cold, you can't get out there. Don't stress. It's nothing major to me. Like, it'd be great to have as many people as possible. But I know if you can't make it out, you can't make it out. I yeah. said, look, just donate to Steam Ranger on their GoFundMe page and just at least watch the live stream. It'd be great. <clears throat> so we got up there early that morning and the weather was pretty good, really. Uh, it was cloudy and cool, but it wasn't too bad. And, you know, I got up there and we started getting stuff together and then, you know, the guys from my gym rolled in, you know, family started rolling in and random started rolling in and kept rolling in and mm. rolling in and rolling in and rolling in and rolling in. Well, dare I say, it's probably not something you see in Adelaide or well, in the Adelaide area too often is a strongman event. No, not like this either. Like you do see strongman like competitions, but they're more smaller things. Mm-hmm. Something like this where it's a super event where you're pulling something just outrageous yeah. is very, very rare, especially and, even worldwide. Now. And for charity as well. Like people yeah, for around. Steam Rangers. So it, it was one of those things where I guess we came out and, you know, I think I couldn't... Again, I don't remember how many people were there, but there was hundreds. Yeah, or I was just in, judging by the video, I would say three or four hundred. Yeah, it was probably... Th- four to five rows deep the whole way around. Yeah. And then there's people back up on the hill. I was expect I would have been happy with 20 people. There. Yeah. I was, seriously, that would have been, I would have been stoked with that many people there. But hundreds was just not what I was expecting. And it was fantastic. I know Steam Ranger on the day, uh, the year before their family day, the year before they made 150 bucks. Wow. This year, on the day alone, without their GoFundMe page, made three grand. Wow. So... That's, you know, that's dope, bro. Congrats that. Thank you very sick. much. Look, it's it's what I, you know, that was the main goal to help them raise some money. And look, you know, even if they raised $155, at least it was $5 more than the year they made before. Oh, yeah. Um, but three grand was just huge. I could not believe it. So, which is just fantastic. And then I got the opportunity to obviously pull a train, which is really cool. Yeah. And it's just been nonstop since. How'd you go? Did you hurt yourself? No, they actually put another 10 tonne of water in it that morning. They had to do a... Um, so on the train, you've got the front of it. It's a big boiler. So we had to... Um, they had to do a boiler test that morning. Don't know why they picked that morning to do it, but they yeah. did. So they had to fill it up with a um, 10 tonne of water. Mm. So they had another... Or could have been near another 10 tonnes of weight in it. Yeah. So it could easily have... We don't know... The train just sitting there, like as is 
is around 147 tonnes just sitting there. Yeah. So it could have had another 10 tonne of water in it, which could take it near to 160. Yeah. But we weren't 100% sure. So somewhere between 147 and 157 tonnes. And uh, no, nothing hurt. It was actually uh, quite comfortable. Um, it, it was looked, heavy. It actually looked It looked easier than... I, I, I thought you were going to move it, but I... I wasn't sure how, what kind of speed it was going to be or like what kind of strain it was going to look like. And it, look, it looked comfortable. Yeah, look, this, the initial start is probably the worst because you, you're harnessed up and you get set on the ladder. And the guy next to me, Matt, who's the guy that he was next to me, you see him in all the videos, he's wearing silver hair, black shirt, big guy. He built the ladder for me. He's actually done some work on the trains himself, he, so he knows it all. And mm-hmm. he's been my guy that's been basically helping me the whole way through. And before we, you know, we set up the ladder in the morning and I said, look, Matt, I need you with me the whole time. I said, you know how this all works. You know, what I want you to do is tell me when I need to start pulling. Because when you, on the, there's so many contributing factors on a train. So when the brakes actually turn off, you can hear the state, you can hear the, the, the hissing yeah. coming out but the, the brakes take a time to turn off mm-hmm. so just when you hear the hissing noise doesn't mean you can start pulling it because it, the brakes could be still half on right so you've actually got to wait a waste of time. about 10 to 15 seconds before you even start pulling yeah so I sort of sat there in the star position and you know I was looking at Matt and I said Matt you just tell me when I need to go and you can hear the brakes hiss and stop and then he just goes, pull, now, 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 now. And then I've just obviously gone bang, taken all the slack out of the harness and just pulled myself as low as I could and forward uh, till I could feel it start rolling. Yeah. Um, but it probably takes somewhere between five to ten seconds of effort before it actually starts to do anything. Yeah. Because you've got to take the slack out of the harness. Yeah the chain which chains you to the train you're going to take us at the slack of the train with all the wheels and all the parts inside of it then there's the tender where the coal goes in you have to take the slack out of the linkage between that right and then finally oh, yeah. start to move I don't think yeah like that's not something that anybody was thinking when they were watching no. you like- <laughs> and there's another big thing that no one ever thinks about is on the train, it's a steam train, right? So you've got those big pistons inside that move in and out, in and out. That's what gets the train moving. So every time one of those pistons moves in and out, at both ends, there's air inside of it. Mm-hmm. And you can hear that every time it moves forward and backwards. Yeah. So I'm not just pulling the train, I'm pulling the pistons in and out. So I'm pushing the air in and out of the pistons on both ends. So was that... Does that mean, in theory, you probably wouldn't feel it, but does that mean you're pulling less weight, more weight, less weight, more weight? No, because there's pistons at both ends. So maybe right in the middle, before it goes in one and out the other, it could be less force needed. But once you go over half again, you're pushing back into the other one where the air's coming out. So it's hard to tell, like... One of the things that somebody's actually brought up with me is wanting to find out how much force is actually needed to move a train. Like actually how much force I was putting out to actually move it. But in doing that, there's a whole lot of science that comes into it. You need to, one, know the friction point of metal on metal. You need to work out the pounds of 
pressure in the pistons. Yeah. Then you need to work out uh, the weight of the train to the track that it's on, if it's up or downhill. There's right. a whole lot of stuff because, you know, you can think about how much force does it take to, I don't know, throw a ball. Yeah. You know, you'd be able to work that out because of less contributing factors, I guess. Um, with a train, you've got so much moving parts and so many different things that contributing factors are huge. Yeah. And I really would hate to think about what the force was because it could psych you out thinking that it could be like thousands of... Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you sit sure. there going, there's no way I can make that much force. Even without that, I think just putting maximum effort into something and having to wait 15 seconds or so before anything happens, if you get to 14 seconds and you're like, oh, nothing's happening, you, it's, it's easy. You could stop. You, you just could, stop. You turn off. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why I had Matt next to me the whole time was I basically turned around and said, Matt, as soon as it rolls, or as soon as you can see it move, tell me. Yeah. Because I can feel it, but he might be able to see something before I see it. Yeah. Or feel it. And he, yeah, as soon as I can feel myself go down, he just said, it's rolling, it's rolling, just keep going. Yeah. So it's always good to have someone right near you that, knows what's going on because it's kind of like it just makes life a lot easier for you yeah because i'd broken a whole lot of stuff i'd broken a harness leading in i've broken a chain and so what <clears throat> what happens then so they they get you a new like a stronger one or they you get a heavier chain so when we when we tested the train the first time I had a, a harness that was an older harness that was, to be honest with you, it wasn't a heavy-duty harness. Like, it can deal with sleds and probably pulling a car or maybe a, a small truck, but a train's not a small truck. Yeah. So as soon as I drove my shoulders in it to take the train weight, yeah. it just exploded off my shoulders. Yeah, I saw that video. <laughs> so and then I had a little hissy fit and threw my protein shaker across the yeah. train yard <laughs> and had the shits for about 10 minutes and then we had to makeshift our own harness that day. And um, But I knew I had a backup harness, which was a proper plane-pulling, train-pulling, truck-pulling harness that would never break. Right. Well, and what I mean, never break. It can't break. Of course, anything can break, but it's this was made especially for this. Do you have backups on the day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, yeah have back, you have backups for backups. Yeah. Like, there was a backup chain. There was a backup harness. There's been two backup harnesses. I back up shoes and backup underwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's always... I'm, I'm one of those very pedantic people when it comes to doing strongman events because I want them to be perfect. Yeah. Um, so not many people know this is that I actually went out and tested the train the week before. That was a video of me breaking the harness. Yeah. So I had tested the train the week before and had moved it. Yeah. Not very far, but I had moved it. So I had... Because to me, I'm entertainment and I need to be seen as, uh, you know, professional. Um, to do the show to prove to the crowd it can be done. Yeah. Um, you know, if I, you know, because my next step's a world record. That's my next step for the train, at least for the train ball. Um, so with that, it's a very different step now. This was my initial start to get visual, to show people I can do it. Yeah. And then the next step is to go for something big. If I don't move the world record train, it's not a major issue. I just have to go back and train harder. 
So you're doing that. You're doing a heavier train or something? Yeah, so what's that? Well, I've got a few little things now coming up. Well, I saw out. a post of yours, and forgive me if I... Tell me to uh, get this edited out if, if No, it's... no, 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 no. Everything's pretty open now. Okay. The train pool was the... this The train pool that I initially did was the, the one I kept on the down low to uh, make as big a thing as possible when it came out. And to be honest, it did. It went huge. Yeah. You know, for, which was fantastic. Yeah. So the... the there's a plane in the mix now? So we are in talks yeah. with Cranial Facial Australia, which is a guy named Professor David David out of Adelaide. He is the basically the man when it comes to cranial facial. So anyone that has uh, like kids born with face issues or something like that, or if you have had uh, some issues with your, you know, if you've been in a fight and half your face has been caved in, etc., mm-hmm. he can help with that. He's basically the man when it comes to cranial facial worldwide. Okay, well, like he's the man. Like everything that's done around the world on cranial facial is based off of David David. Okay, so and he's in Adelaide. He's been in this for forty three years, and his name's David David. What a name! What was his folks thinking? Well, I don't know. Either they got bored and they picked <laughs> two of the same name, but the guy is. I didn't know much about him until they contacted me. They actually contacted me the day after I did the Sunrise interview with Koshi, uh, after Koshi and that called out Qantas on Sunrise. You did a Sunrise interview? Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, it was good, man. It was a lot of fun, actually. The yeah. guy, um, Sam Mack, the guy I did the thing with, we did an interview downstairs uh, at the River Torrens, and then <laughs> we had to run up the stairs to get to the bridge that runs across the river torrents to the footy ground yep yep so he, as he's doing the weather reading the weather thing off he's running up the stairs and we've met we've met at the top of the stairs and I picked him up and carried him across the bridge yeah so he's doing his interview with me on my shoulder oh I might have seen a picture of that yeah, yeah. I put it up on Facebook yeah. on Instagram so that was a ball man but the, the massive thing for me was with that is you know, I tried to get across to people that, you know, for me, strongman these days, especially now I've competed for so long, is strongman isn't really about win, lose, or draw to me anymore. Because mm-hmm. I've won plenty of shows and I've lost more shows than I've won. So a trophy is fantastic. Don't get me wrong, we've all loved trophies, we all love winning. Like that's mm-hmm. a human nature thing. We all love to win. But to me, the entertainment side of strongman's a lot. I enjoy it a lot more. Probably maybe the person I am. I like being more entertaining than I do win, lose, or draw. Mm-hmm. So I obviously spoke on Sunrise and said, uh, you know, look, uh, strongmen uh, for me is more about proving to people that strongmen aren't big dummies, that we are, you know, good people that want to try and help, and that strongmen pick people up, not put them down. That's what a strong person does. And I said, uh, you know, Sam Mack made a nice little segue and goes, is there anything you'd want to ever do? I said, mate, I'd love to pull a plane. And Koshi turns around and says, well, how about you pull a Qantas plane? And Sam Mack said, well, would you pull a Qantas plane? I said, yeah, mate, you give me any plane. And they're like, done, <laughs> we'll contact Qantas. You can pull one of their Dreamliners. Done, we'll do it. We'll get you a plane. Within 24 hours or 48 hours, I had an email from Cranial Facial going, Jordan... Would love to talk about uh, maybe being involved with the plane pool. They explained who they were, all the great work they do. Uh, Professor David's retiring this year after 43 years in the industry, which is amazing. And uh, he sort of turned around and they've turned around and said, look, 
we'll get in contact with Qantas and Adelaide Airport. And they did. And now we're waiting to hear which airport they're going to pick to pull the plane at. Wow. Uh, again, you never count your chickens before they hatch. Yeah, yeah. So this might not happen. It might happen. It might not. I'd love it to happen. Mm-hmm. But this might not happen. So, But they are in talks with Qantas, with Adelaide Airport and Melbourne Airport. Wow. So it's looking very positive. Yeah. Um, and I hope it happens because it would just be such a great way to raise money for a whole lot of young kids with... You know that need the support. Like David went out to he just as a side thing to Prof David, he went to Africa and overseas on his own funding and did surgeries over there for young kids just in the middle of rainforest. And, yeah, you know he's a he's a great man. Again, I didn't know much about him beforehand, but learned so much from talking to a whole lot of people. And I'm surprised how many people in my life doing security work. A lot of the guys I used to bounce with have dealt with him you know one of my friends got absolutely pummeled one night working and had his face half caved in and um you you know dusty yeah did he do you know if that was i don't know but that's one thing i should probably ask Dusty because i know he had something like that too yeah so there's so many people i never knew that had been affected and that prof david has had something to deal with so look the plane pool is a dream come true it's such a rare thing like how often would Someone turned around, give you a plane that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, give you an airport mm. to pull it at. It does not happen. Not these days. Not with and with the, and just just thinking of security at airports. Exactly. Man, like to be to just be letting people back there to to pull to pull a plane is pretty pretty it's big stuff. Outrageous. You um, know, pre two thousand. You know, pre twenty eleven. Uh, you know the terror attacks. This was was a more common thing that happened. It wasn't common. Like yeah. it's not often people pull a plane, but it'd be a lot easier. But now things being the way they are, like you said, with security, it's just such a tight thing, which is understandable. Um, but yeah, it's very very rare. I'd be interested to know how, like, yeah, how you get treated for that. Like how extensive they go, like. If they're going through your bag, like with your shoes and your harness and all that shit, if they're like really digging in there to see what's going on. Well, put it like this. I did a training camp with the airport <clears throat> fireys. Uh, I went out into the airport fireys and actually went out to their gym and trained with them. Yeah. That, they had some pretty intense questions and pretty intense stuff about me before I had to get onto the uh, tarmac. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so and that's just to do a training session with the guys. Yeah. So you can imagine for them to actually want me to do this is going to be extensive. So again, we don't know if it's going to happen soon, but I've already put the wheels in motion and I've already extended to uh, everyone that I want this to be not just a one-off. Um, I want it to get bigger. Yeah. So I want the first time to be uh, a smaller plane Yeah. Uh, for a first time. And then I'd like to actually make it bigger and bigger. Yeah, well, I mean, a small plane compared to a train is still going to be bigger than a small plane. Because you're not going to yeah. fuck around and pull a Cessna. Cause that's... No, no, we're, we're looking to pull a 737. So the same thing you catch from here to Melbourne, yeah. here to Adelaide, which is still a big plane. Yeah. You know, it's not an A380, but that's where I want to finish. Right. But, okay. you know, it's, it's about trying to, you know, think about the long run. Yeah. You know, you can help 
so many people by doing something each year rather than trying to just do everything at once. Yeah. Trying to really go, you know what, I'm going to try and make it bigger and bigger each year. And I do know Qantas are decommissioning their 747s later this year. Yeah, I did hear that. So, you know, they're welcome to keep one here if they yeah, want. Yeah, that's it. But look, it's, it's just cool, man. It's Like I said, after the train pull, everything just went huge. I'm going to have to rewind for a minute because you said you had spare undies for the... The train and I, when I was watching the video with Rachel, I said to her, I was like, I would shit my fucking pants <laughs> if I was putting that much pressure on my body. Oh, and you're so coming out and training with me one day. Hey, if you're seriously. looking at pulling a train and you're going to be wearing a kilt. Oh, yeah. Well, put it like this. Gonna, <laughs> you may go viral for the wrong reasons. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I told you about the time I got sick in Melbourne on the last podcast where I got really, really sick and got gastro the night before a comp. That was the closest moment I ever got to shitting myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, look. You know what? If I'm going to shit myself, it's going to be on the world record train yeah. or on an A380. Because yeah. they're the ones that yeah. are heavy, man. Well, I'll have to... If it, if that's not in Adelaide and that's in Melbourne, I'll, I'll have to travel for that one. Yeah, <laughs> man. get my well, own fit footage. <laughs> <laughs> the world record train pull will happen here, man. I'll guarantee it will happen here. Yeah. So you can definitely be that person that takes a video footage of the first viral dude crapping his pants <laughs> pulling a train. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, mate, I, I would definitely be thinking about wearing some compression. Pants. Yes, yes. Um, shit. Now, training training for pulling this shit. I saw with the, the train that you've already done, mm. you were pulling sleds with like full weight plus, you know, five people hanging on to it. Mm. What... What is a typical day of training or is there a typical day of training? Are you are you constantly building up or are you going week by week, fortnight by fortnight, month by month, and do you taper off towards the event? So last time, when I, when I trained for the train pool, I'd actually come, when I sort of, we okayed at 100%, I had 12 weeks, which is quite a big program. Well, it might've been a little bit less, 10 to 12 weeks. So I set up a program and I actually came into the start of the program quite weak by my standard. I wasn't in any good shape. I was mm. strong, but I wasn't as strong as I wanted to be. And you had just finished uh, coaching for the Commonwealth Games, which we'll get into as well. Yeah. So, so were I was, you more focused on that? Yeah, absolutely. My business coaching had just started. So I was working a lot with athletes rather than focusing on myself. So like I said, I wasn't weak by any standard. But I wasn't as strong as I should or could be. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started off, I worked out all my 1RMs for my squats and everything like that. And I basically sat down with Grant Edwards, who uh, I'll give you a rundown on Grant, is the guy that basically has set all these records back in the day. He has the train pool world record, Mm -hmm. uh, the 201 tons he did in Sydney. He's had world records in a lot of other events. He pulled a boat across Sydney Harbour, which is just nuts. Swimming. No, he sat on the on the edge of air harness like a rope to the boat and pulled the boat into the dock. Oh shit! Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's crazier. But... Oh no, that is that's fucking nuts. That boat was like three hundred ninety tons. Yeah, that's it's, insane. It's, it's ridiculous. So Grant, I actually messaged Grant leading into this. So sorry to go away from the training, but I'll come back to it. Yep. Grant, I emailed 
last year and said, Grant, would you allow me to attempt to pull the train? Just as a respect thing, you know, I like to show respect to the guys that have come before me. Yeah. Because without them, I wouldn't be here. So I said, Grant, would you allow me to pull a, a train and then maybe attempt a world record? He said, yeah, I'd love you to. That'd be fantastic. If I can get there to watch it, I'll be there. Grant is uh, Commander Grant Edwards from the Australian Federal Police. Okay. He's based out of Washington. Um, he's actually just moving back to Australia at the end of this month. So he's for the AFP in Washington. Yeah. He's Commander, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that we had like a thing like that. Yeah. So Grant, uh, I will actually send you a, vi- a link to a, U- a, um, a YouTube video of Grant on... Um, Australian story. They did a big story on Grant. Okay. It's a great watch. So Grant is a very big backer of PTSD in the armed forces and the police force. Mm -hmm. Grant uh, started off as a strongman back in the 90s. He went to World's Strongest Man in 1999. Uh, He was Australia's Strongest Man in 1999. He was, you know, a very talented, very, very strong guy. Uh, Was in the police force, uh, went to the AFP, uh, Grant uh, was based in Afghanistan for a period of time. He was based uh, as his main job for a long period of time was based in the, uh, how do I put it, sex crimes, people transportation type stuff. So like just horrible, horrible shit. Like his job was just, he was seeing the worst type of shit, mm-hmm. you know, rape and all that kind of just horrible stuff that I don't really want to get into talking about because it's just nasty but you can imagine yeah just horrible horrible stuff dealing with international stuff like overseas right you know international smuggling of people and just you know and um he was getting he was getting you know depressed and it's fucking crazy to think about what's going on while we're Talking shit into a mic. Mate, seriously, one of the, I know, like I said, I'll send you the link to watch. And there's one story he talks about where the only little bit of light he got out of one of the things he was watching was that a girl was being drugged. And the only thing that he took solace out of it that at least the girl was being drugged so she didn't know what was going on. Right. And that's just fucked up to think that. But, yeah. you know, that's the only thing that could get him through. And it's kind of just fucked up. But look, so Grant went through that and actually came out the other end with really bad PTSD, but he didn't know it. He was like, he just thought, you know, he was tired and he upped his training, was training harder and harder. And we had the G20 summit in Brisbane yep. uh, a few years back. Mm-hmm. He was the guy looking after the airport. So he was basically running the security for all the people coming in and out. So when Obama came, you know, Grant was running the security for him. When Putin came, running the security for him. So everything at the airport was run by Grant. Yeah. After that, he sort of really went downhill even more again and he got asked to go to Washington, but he was just at the point where he didn't know what was going on until he went to see his GP. GP obviously told him he had this. He was scared and, and, you know, they still... They actually still sent him to Washington because he was trying to do the right thing by telling them and trying to work out his life. Yeah. You know, like I said, you can watch the link, the video, but that's a bit of a background on Grant, just a guy that has worked his butt off in, you know, some terrible situations, but really worked through everything he did to try and help others now. So he's a big pusher of PTSD in the armed forces and the police. He he pulled a plane two years ago, 190 ton plane like an air force plane in somewhere in the US yeah you know for PTSD he's pulled uh, and this this is a guy like he's got to be in his he's going to be 50 odd 
Right. You know, he's an older dude, man, but he's a unit. He's a machine. He's a big, big lad. You know, so there's still guys like him around the place, but he's one of the guys that I contacted, or the guy I contacted, asking about the train. And getting back to the training side of it, he was the one that gave me the ideas of what he did in his training, what I should do in mine. Okay. So I had to get my strength levels back up, so I squatted a ton. Uh, I needed to keep my power because it's a power movement, so I did heaps of weightlifting still. I needed to work on the actual movements itself, so I had the ladder built in, and I sled it up, did sled every week, twice a week, um, and then basically just squatted all the time, really, just to try and get my legs as strong as possible. Yeah. And then obviously, uh, for me, the pulling of the, when you're actually on the rails with your arms, so there's still a lot of back and, and uh, back power that goes into it as well. So a whole lot of work just went into the lower body. And how, do you, just, how does a guy your size go with fucking pull-ups? Chin-ups? Yeah. Uh, me personally, not fantastic. If I do them switched over, yeah. it's just arms. So I'm pretty good like that. But wide grip, yeah. you know, I still do lat pull-down would be better for me. But I know some big boys that do, you know, chin-ups. There's a, a friend of mine in the US just put up a video of him at 150 body weight doing one-handed push-ups fuck <laughs> that's my exact response <laughs> fuck you know just a monster dude I've never done that at my no, fittest yeah. and strongest I've never done a one-handed yeah hold push-up. on hold on how tall are you yeah I've got big le- I've got long yeah legs, man yeah. but that's you're broad as you're big dude man big dude but your arms man are long as yeah but um, but you can dunk a basketball by just standing at the ring. <laughs> so, man, oh, I haven't been able to do that, man. I haven't dunked in a long time. because you haven't wanted to. But you still could, and you know yeah, it, man. Um, you know. You know, you've, you've heard of David Goggins? I have heard of him. Yeah, so I think he... I don't know if it's still the record, but he did break the world record for um, like pull-ups at one stage. So, like, yeah, this grip. Um, I don't know what to call that for the people listening. Not the... Reverse grip. grip, yeah, so normal grip. Normal grip. And he's just so mentally tough, man. Like, that's his whole mm. thing, his men- mental toughness. So his hands were all, like, blistered, like, bleeding. They looked mm. foul. They, he actually had third-degree burns mm. on his hand from doing pull-ups. Mm. And he... Whoever had the record before him, once he got to that number, he just started talking shit. Or, no, it was just before that. He's like, I'm coming for you, like, whatever. Like... While most of us would be like, no, nah, I'm done. My hands hurt, you know? And he just, that's... That mental game. Yeah. Just having that is huge. Yeah. Like, for someone like him or any athlete, like, you look at Usain Bolt when he runs and there's that photo of him turning around looking with that huge smile on his face. He knows he's won it before the race has even started. Yeah. Because he's so confident. He knows he's won it. He just knows, you know, because he's just done it so many times. Yeah. It's just supreme confidence. And then, yeah, once you've, once you're in the groove and it's done, it's what for him. It's over in nine seconds. That's ain't a long time to think. Yeah. And but, once you make that, that sort of mental habit, yeah. like you've got it, and it's not going anywhere. No. Nah. And that's why all these top guys, just have got it, man. Yeah. And they've got it whenever they want it. So what kind of, uh, like, are you feeling heavy at the end of the day 
when you when you're doing all this training, are you are you sore? Is there lactic acid building? Yeah, I trained today. I'm fucked. <laughs> so were you going to were you going to minus one ten and all of that? Yeah. So I um I had a massive weekend of work. I worked all weekend at um CM Vines and uh, yeah, and doing security work as usual and coaching. So I came into training Monday after working all weekend, like you know, fifteen hour days type stuff, and then worked all day Monday and then coached and trained Monday night. And I trained okay considering how rooted I was and then mm. went to see my Cairo Tuesday morning and he adjusted my back and I just felt like I could breathe again. Like I was like, oh, that's the best. And then obviously got minus 110 um, cryo on my knees and my back and I got a massage tomorrow. So it's not a chain, it's not like a room that you... Go so uh, like this so they've got the they've got the chamber yeah. which is the big freezer. So I just I either get that or the penguin which is the little gun one that I put up on my Instagram all the time which is localized. Yeah. So let's just say you've got a bad wrist. They can actually do 100 and I think it's 130 minus on the the penguin. So they can actually gun that area. So it's just localizes. Right. So, but they've got these two little laser lights on there. Once it, those laser lights go red, it means the skin's too cold so they can move it and they can go back there again. Right. So they can actually judge it. And what is it, like three minutes or something? Uh, for the local is, I think, I forget how much the local is. It could be five to ten minutes yeah. for the local. Uh, but the actual chamber, yeah, three minutes. Yeah. Minus 110. And, and that's awesome. And you need to come in and try. I do. Right? I do need to go and try that. You need shit. to come in with me and try. Um, but I, I heard that like, you go in and you you know you're like oh it's like it's fucking cold but you're okay, hmm. and is it does it does it tell you the countdown or something? Well, uh, the the ladies are outside of the machine the whole time and they'll tell you every, when yeah. you're a minute left. So like, and that's when it's like fuck. When like, somebody I'm tells you it's a minute, minute left, yeah. that's where it just gets worse. <laughs> but like. I oh, know. Let's take for example fishing. You go out two a.m. in the morning, in the pissing rain, with I don't know, like two degrees and wind. Yeah, that's cold as fuck. Yeah, and you've got ten jackets on. You're sitting there going, "I hate fucking life," but you still sit out there for like two hours and fish. Yeah, if you're into that. Here, you walk into the chamber and go, "Oh, okay, it's cold, but." Not that bad. Yeah. And then by the time three minutes comes up, you're like, oh, yeah, this is starting to get cold. Your yeah. fingertips start getting cold. But you got, do you have your extremities covered though? Like gloves? You got gloves, you socks. got shorts, you got socks, and you got headband. Yeah, and uh, kind of, it goes like a headbandy thing that yeah. can go over your ears and a thing to cover your mouth. Yeah. But there's no wind chill. There's no wind in it. Yeah. It's just cold. Yeah. So you don't get that chill, like man. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like walking to a big fridge. Yeah. Like, seriously. But there's no wind chill. So you don't get that real bitey shit cold, you know, sitting there going, fuck. You're sort of like, oh, yeah, it just gradually works in on you. Like I said, you can sit out in the the fishing for like two or three hours and you won't get, you, you might get hypothermia after three hours. Yeah. In the chamber, yeah, okay, three minutes you're in there and you're cold, but if you're in there for 20 minutes, you're freeze to death. Yeah. You know, that's the type of thing you got to think of. It's not like it's, um, you know, it's not as bad as people think. Yeah. It's cold, but yeah. it's not that bad. Yeah, right. And trust me, you feel fantastic after, and you sleep awesomely after. Right. Yeah. 
And I did hear that actually. I have heard that that you you sleep really well. Well, a lot of the know. a lot of the basketball boys are in there. Sobey and uh, Creek Creek are yeah. in there. They're big time on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're really really good, and they love it. So yeah. And the AFL boys are in there. Okay. Port and Crows. So. Go on there and get some guests on the fucking potty. Absolutely, man. That's <laughs> it, man. Absolutely. Networking. But um what so what else what else are you doing for recovery? Do you have a dietitian or a nutritionist or a- Well I'm sponsored by Gentech Nutrition, so they do a lot of help for me. But with the train pool and the plane pool, especially I had to chuck on a bit of body weight again. I didn't want to chuck on too much. Yeah. But I had to go up again. Uh, Russia last year I was one twenty six because the comp over there was a bit more fitness based. Yeah. So I was kind of like, okay. I was probably about 127, probably about 128 when I was starting the train pool. I was like, jeez, I'm going to put on a bit of weight because, you know, the weight's just going to make it easier because you've just got more body weight, which means the train's going to be easier to pull because you weigh more. Yeah. You know? So I went from probably 127, 128 to 130 three or two mm-hmm. on training day and now I'm probably about 134 mm-hmm. so I'm up a fair bit from November last year I just had to up it yeah that's what I've had to do and I don't really want to up it much more because I remember what I was like at 145 I was pretty heavy yeah <laughs> and uh, tying my shoes up was hard right um, like clothing was hard uh, it was just shit yeah being in the car like the car door had warped out of shape because my legs were so big they didn't fit in the car properly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so look, with the diet, the diet side is just eating a lot now. I, look, if I can stay where I am about now, maybe a little bit less, I'll be happy. Yeah. Any more than 135, I think I'm too big again. I just don't need to be that big at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, always, like I said, Cairo, physio, Massage is just such a big thing for me because I'm training so hard. After the train pull and when the opportunity for the plane was now on the table, I haven't trained this hard since you and me were probably at the Institute of Sport when I was like, well, when we were like 15 or 16. Right. You know, I'm training like I'm 18 again. I don't feel 18 and I don't feel like I don't feel 18 after I've finished, but I've got the drive to get this done. So when I'm in the gym, I'm training really well. But I know I'm regretting it when I walk out the door and I'm limping to the car yeah, because right. I'm knackered. But massage and physio keeps me in good in good stead. You on any of that uh, super juice? Which super juice are we talking about here, <laughs> mate? I've you know what I've funnily enough, that's obviously a common question I get, especially in the sport I do. You know, everyone does it. Right. That's the sport. Yeah. It's a non-drug tested sport. I could turn around and just say, no, it doesn't exist. Well, that's a lie. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying every person takes gear. They Not everyone does. Yeah. But it's a non-drug tested sport, so read between the lines. Yeah. Okay. Me, I'm lifetime drug free. Lifetime drug free. I've never taken anything in my life. Yeah. But I just don't see the need to. I haven't needed to, so... When you're in competition mode, mm. well... Not mode, but like act competitions when you're in locker rooms and shit like that. Is it something that you see just out in the open, people giving themselves jabs and shit or? Look, it's not that open, 
but it's talked about. Right. Um, so, you know, it's one of those situations where if you're outside the group, you won't know much about it. Right. But once you're inside, yeah, it's a very different story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not one of those things where you see people just jab up in front of you. That's it. It is a they do respect each other a lot more than that. Right. So um, it's all it's kind of like um like act like street drugs. People don't people you know that if you're in a nightclub, you know maybe forty percent of the people mm. in there are doing coke, mm. but they all take themselves to the bathroom to do mm. it. Yeah. There is a level of respect, and and this is the way it comes down to. It. And I'll speak on on behalf of myself as a drug free athlete. I don't care if anyone takes performing enhancing drugs. That's completely up to them. Yeah. My biggest issue is if if I know the person that's doing it, that they're doing it safely, mm-hmm. and that they're taking care of themselves. Um, if you're not, and you're that stupid, and you're doing it the wrong way, well, then you deserve to get sick. Um, but for me, as a drug free guy, it doesn't really bother me if anyone else takes it or not. People are like, well, why? Why don't you care? You could be better because if they tested positive, if they just tested. I said, well, yeah, I could be, but then strongly it'd be shit to watch. Right. People want to see the biggest freaks. That's what they want to see. They want to see the biggest dudes lifting the biggest weights. If the world was drug free, I'd be world's strongest man, and that'd be fucking shit. You'd be pulling uh, bicycles. <laughs> yeah, like, it would just be crap, yeah. and I just and I wouldn't watch it. Right. You know, like it just wouldn't be what it is. But my biggest issue when it comes down to that is just safety and health. I think you know guys need to be careful with what they do, careful how they promote themselves. Um, you know, do things that aren't going to t- send the sport into, you know, a horrible place. There was a period of time where guys were, like, dying in the sport. Like, yeah. There was one guy I remember had a heart attack and he was our age. He was, at the time, and he's, like, 25. Yeah. He had a heart attack at the comp in front of people. Like, Jesus, imagine if he died on the field. Yeah. Like, that would have been one of the worst things that could happen to the sport, especially in a sport like Strongman, where it's frowned upon anyway because everyone knows it. It's just not spoken about. It's taboo. You just don't talk about it. It's like pro wrestling. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, that's going to be one where it's... Well, it's in every sport. Let's be honest with ourselves here. It's at every Olympics. Like, you think... And I guess I've kind of... Again, we probably had this conversation last time, but... If people believe that the top 10 athletes in the world are drug-free, you're a fucking idiot because it's not true. And I feel so bad saying it and I sound like the biggest hypocrite. Well, not the biggest hypocrite, but I just sound like the biggest cynical asshole. Yeah. But guess what? It's the truth. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's been conversations I've had with people. I won't name them here, but people that I... that are in the know that have said like I've named I've named athletes um oh him is he is he on it he's like mm. come on mm. like yeah. stop kidding yourself yeah, yeah. Absolutely. and it's just like it's disappointing man but at the end of the day like if you want to see dudes fucking jumping from the foul line you think that you think that's normal mm. that's yeah, and he's got. And you think about the workload these guys do. You know, you've been over in, you've yeah. been overseas. You know what these guys the workload is. It's huge. Yeah. These guys are playing ball. What how many days a week and training? How often? Eighty two games before playoffs, and then you've got then like the sport that people like all they do is you know all they do is swing a bat and hit ball. Baseball, man, they're the biggest juice yeah. in the world. But they have the, they play almost every day. Like, yeah. They're playing four games a week and like, 
Um, the recovery. Like, it's such a long season, yeah. And that's what that's what it's for, is so you can do it day after day. And that's exactly what people don't understand. All the, they think anyone it's about on the street, getting big biceps and exactly. shit. Exactly. Yeah. Every punter on the street. He's just taking steroids to get big. No, it's a recovery. Like, you play yeah, four, four games a day and you're knackered, man. You take some tests or whatever. Fuck, you're going to feel better the next day. Yeah. You know... It's you would be surprised at some of the guys you look at and go, that guy's on gear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, he doesn't look like much. Well, he doesn't need to look like much. Lance Armstrong. Yeah, man. Blood doping from way back, and he's built like a pool cue. Yeah, but if he was doing that in another sport, he would have been built like huge, man. Mate, go watch Dorian Yates. Um, some of his interviews. I love Dorian Yates. Seven, uh, seven time Mister Olympia. Okay. He is the man. He talks about. Everything drug related. He's the man. Um, you know, a personal hero of mine too. I loved watching Dorian Yates train. But he he speaks about, you know, wanting to take it to the next level. You know, he had a great physique. I actually listened to his convo the other day. He was saying, I had a great physique when I started bodybuilding. I had a great physique. I had good abs. But I didn't want just that. I wanted to be so big that people went, what the fuck is that walking down the street? Yeah. That's what he wanted. He wanted to push himself to be the biggest fucking freak he could be. And he did. And he was one of the most successful bodybuilders in history. Mm. You know, and that's what it takes. It's what it takes to be the best. You know, to be the best in a society, in a world like we live in now, this is what it takes. And it's, again... It's a horrible thing to say and people might think I'm just being cynical and that I don't know. Well, I've been in non-drug tested sports and drug tested sports my whole career. Yeah. And I have nothing to do with that type of stuff or anything like that. And I never ever take them or sell them or anything like that because that's not what I'm into. But, you know, it's just, uh, you know, a sad way to look at it, but it's just the truth. Yeah. But these people that do that shit, they need to um, do their fucking research because there's that much shit out there and you got to know what you're putting these, in your body. These young kids especially, right? Yeah. These young kids especially, the ones that sort of go out and they... The festival know, dudes. Oh, that, mate, and they go out and buy something that they think's test and it's water in a vial. Yeah. Or I remember chatting to some young guys back in the day. They trained for a music festival. I'm like, okay. They just took that much gear leading in. They drank that much shit that morning, took that many drugs. They were fucked by the first half an hour and had to go home. Yeah. So they spent hundreds of bucks on a ticket, thousands on gear, uh, and then shitloads on pills. And they were there for half an hour. Yeah. What the fuck was the point? Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just sad. Yeah. That guys are really just, you know, and... Doing it for your sport, I kind of understand because it's the way it is mm. and the way it's been for a long, long time. And the pressure and all that. Like, yeah. To, yeah, sponsors. These guys are going to get paid. Yeah. You know, they've got to, you know, they've got to make money. I get that. Um, but these guys that just go down to their local fucking dude and get some whatever it is and they don't even know what the fuck it is or they inject a shitload of it to start off with and then they've got nothing to go with later in life. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, you've really got to do your research and use a bit of brains. Yeah. Like most people don't do their research. Most of them don't have fucking brains. Yeah. And they wonder why they get sick and hurt. You know, again, there's... The big thing as well, I guess, there's a difference between use and abuse. Mm-hmm. But when most people tend to take it, it tends to abuse pretty quickly. I mean, Because they love the results. That's like any, any substance, man. Yeah. Even like going down to things as simple as coffee. Mm. There's... Like, I love my coffee. I've, you know, I probably have two a day, which is, I I mean, I don't know what the recommended amount is, but like, I know some people that their jobs are very on the road. They're, they're driving around and they're having, they're having like eight coffees a day. That's, you're abusing yourself at that point. And then you go up to, you go up to, you move to alcohol, you move to, you move to weed, you move to Coke, you move to, uh, you know, heroin, Molly, whatever the fuck mm. it is, you're, you're abusing yourself, man. Mm-hmm. Regardless, like I drink, I, I drink, I don't drink all the time. I don't drink every weekend, but mm. I mean, I don't drink like during the week. I don't have beer or dinner or anything, mm. but I'll, I'll go out like every couple of weeks. Mm. And let me tell you, <laughs> I abuse my body mm. regularly. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like, Hey, alcohol is one of what the government deems a safer drug. I don't agree with that. Um, the amount of alcohol fueled violence there is. Alcoholics in general. Alcoholics, you know, uh, alcohol poisoning people getting their stomachs pumped every yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky enough not to ever have been one of those people. <laughs> but like, oh man, it's it's insane, and you don't, you know, you think it's all you think it's all good, man, until. To you've got a person. problem and you don't even realise you got one. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. usually the biggest thing. You don't even know you've got the problem. Yeah. And there's the learning side. It all comes back to learning and using your brain and actually going, you know what, is this the right thing for me to do or the wrong thing for me to do? What do I want out of my life? Mm. What do I want out of my career? Is this going to be the best thing for me in the long run? Yes. No. Maybe. That's up to you yeah. or the person to decide. That's the thing, man. Like, someone going to a fucking festival has got a different hand than than someone playing, you know, baseball for $500 million yeah. f- for three years. You know, like, he's got a lot riding. And you're, what have you got? Yeah. You want a couple of chicks to look at you or yeah. probably dudes... Yeah. Just to say like, oh man, you've been working on Yeah, you look pretty dope. big, man. Yeah. And the chick's probably like, oh yeah, that guy's so big. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Absolutely. And then just, you know, and then it goes away. Because yeah. they don't know how to hold on to it. Yeah, yeah. These guys literally have no fucking clue. And, you know, you spend, trust me, it's not a cheap um, excursion. Like, yeah. that stuff costs a lot of money to take. And the good stuff costs even more. Mm. You know, and it's... Well, think about... Man, when I was working out frequently, go just just buying um, supplements mm. which are legal and are not doing the same thing to me. Yeah, is not fucking cheap. No, so I don't know how much a cheat code costs. Well, yeah, exactly. You don't know how much the illegal version. Yeah, costs, man. and it's fucking costly, man. Yeah. It is. It's not cheap. Um, so you think, yeah, you're spending all this money on something that's actually giving you zero in return. Yeah. Well, okay, you look at the elite sports people. Yeah, okay, they're taking it. But think about their return. Yeah. 
fuck, if somebody turned around and said to me, I'll give you $500 million a year and just take this... You'd probably think about it. Yeah, I've got some. I've got some fucking soul search. Yeah, totally. You know, it's one of those things that you come down to and go, "Fuck, well, you know." And then a lot of people don't look at it like that. They yeah. don't. They just think of black and white. They go, "Oh well, fuck, he's a cheating bastard." Yeah. Well, put yourself in that person's shoes, or think about it from an athlete's point of view, because an athlete's not a normal person. An yeah. athlete is an athlete. An athlete wants to win at all costs, at all costs. And especially depending on, on what age they mm. got into the limelight. I use LeBron James as an example mm. all the time. He's, what, 31, I think. Mm. But he has been on camera since he's 16 years old. Mm. Has he grown up or... Like is he is he a man or is he still a boy? He had he hasn't lived a day of real life since he was sixteen years old, which is amazing. And somehow he hasn't been caught out doing anything, any uh, PEDs, any street drugs, any cheating. And if you think he hasn't cheated, <laughs> kill yourself. Yeah, totally. Um, um, there's a thing called a non-disclosure agreement, but. I digress. Yeah. Um, man, uh, he's a philanthropist. He's, you know, he's <coughs> successful in business. <coughs> 15 years in the league, not a blemish on his resume. Yeah, yeah, man. And he hasn't, he hasn't had to learn how to grow up like the rest of us. Yeah. Like, that's, that, to me, everyone's talking about like, oh, eight finals straight. Yeah. Fuck that. To be able to do live the way he's lived in front of a camera bro if I had a camera on me 24-7 <laughs> I'd be done <laughs> he retired quit everything <laughs> finished by now oh, man oh man he would be mate absolutely and people turn around and say he's a bad person if they ever if he ever got caught yeah well no no not at all he's a great guy by the sound of it from what you've just told me yeah you know, I don't know that much about his career outside, but from what you tell me, he's done so much good things and, again, kept himself together Yeah. by being in the limelight. You go to any movie star or any young movie star that, man, they're fucked up by the time they're 21. Look movie at Movie stars break down so much more easily, I think, just because of the fact that they they probably don't worry about the repercussions on their body so much, so they probably go so much harder on drugs oh, yeah. than, than an athlete would. I mean, athlete, there's well, Different athletes. types of drugs. Too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Athletes have, you know, had their, their times where, you know, some have died, some have had problems, but when you look at actors, singers, man, it's a, it's a yeah. different ball game. But still, man, they're not like LeBron hasn't been in the limelight just as much as them. Yeah. or doesn't have the pressures they do. You know, well, he's the man. Well, I look at Justin Bieber and all the shit that yeah. he got in trouble for. Oh, you give me, hey, you give me that much money as yeah. a kid oh, yeah. and tell me I'm just going to be acting all yeah. grown up. Mm. Fuck no. I yeah. would have been drink driving too. Totally. I would have been on some wild yeah, shit. I would have been sniffing coke off the front of my car while I was driving. Yeah. Oh, he... I can't hate. I can't hate. No, oh, totally, man. Much as I'd love to punch him in the face. Yeah. Um, you know, you put, yeah, you get put in the same situation as him, do the same thing. How, yeah, how are you supposed to deal with that? 
Exactly. And, and that level of success so quick, you would think you'd think you're invincible. Well, I remember my first day doing security work, man. I thought I was. Yeah. I was just a bouncer. Yeah. You know, 18-year-old kid, millions and millions and millions of dollars just at his fingertips. Yeah. Whatever the fuck he wants. Well, you probably see dudes that think they're invincible mm. being a bouncer and they have maybe thousands of dollars. Give them millions. Yeah, man. And see how they act. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they just they'll know a, what... Yeah. They it's probably the worst drug of them all, that, that cash. Money makes the world go round, yeah. man. Money makes the world go round. But um, moving on, the Commonwealth Games, what was the name of your athlete? Steph Davies. And how did she go? She did really well, man. Yeah. She, um, she will tell herself she didn't do well, man, because she... She missed her first two attempts, which almost had me in stitches where I almost broke the stand we were sitting in because I punched it so hard and shit fell apart on it. And then she nailed her last one and the biggest relief just came over myself because if, if you miss all three of one lift, you bomb, you're out. Right. And how much weight was that? I think she was snatching 87 on her first attempt. It was just too light. It was She was throwing it so easily over her head she couldn't feel it well. So she caught it and then missed it backwards. Same again. Oh. So it'd be kind of like if I gave you a 20-kilo bar and asked you to do something really explosive with it, you'd probably throw the fucking thing. Yeah, I've been so, in situations like that, and yeah, yeah, I understand that. So, you know, she just... You know, this is the first time Commonwealth Games in Australia. You know, family, friends, everyone there. So she missed her first attempts. Clutch got her third. Cool. Clean and jerks. By this point in time, I've drunk a fair bit, but I sobered up real quickly yeah. <laughs> after those first lifts. Um, clean and jerks. She got uh, one twelve on her opener, I believe, then jumped to one eighteen, which is a huge fucking jump because she's only a 75 kilo chick. Wow. So she went one eighteen, missed it on her first attempt, cleaned it on her second and just missed the overhead, the jerk. Uh, and I think she was fifth overall in her first com games. That's that's great. Yeah, man, and she's only been really training weightlifting for a year. Right. So she's got some skills. Yeah. You know, she in training leading into the game, she snatched ninety five, which is huge. Yeah. And clean and jerked one fifteen, maybe one seventeen, one sixteen, leading in. So her numbers were more in training. Um, but again, you kind of expect that leading into something like this because yeah. you just don't know what's going to be like on the platform. But also, like you said, you said that she will tell herself she didn't do well. But like you said before, also athletes <sighs> always that they, they want to win at all costs. She she could have got so, six out of six and won the gold. Yeah, and she still would have thought, oh well, I got six out of six. I must have been able to lift more. Yeah, I didn't get a world record. It wasn't wrong. Yeah, that. there's yeah. always something. But she did fantastically well. She clutched performance lifts. Um, you know, it was a massive build, and she was actually in the gym training tonight. She, um, she just had a. She just actually was in a car accident in Queensland last week. She's lucky to be alive. The car is mangled and fucked, and she was on the way to a funeral. Jesus. So it could be in her own. Um, but she's come back after that, and she's taken a little bit of time. She went to New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, over there. But she did so well. Like myself 
uh, you know, being her training partner and helping her out with some coaching, her coaches, her other coaches as well. You know, we were just all so proud. Like, she did fantastic. I'm going to have to get her in here to chat to you. She's cool yeah, as man. She's, absolutely. And she's got a great story to tell too. She's 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 intense as, but she's just a, a machine of an athlete. Yeah. Um, with ability, you know, huge ability. Oh, she, she, if she puts her mind to it, she could be the best female weightlifter in the country. She'll take all the Aussie records this year. Yeah. I guarantee it. Um, she's just a freak. <laughs> Within a year of training, yeah. she's done this. She's Some people are doing things for a lifetime and don't ever get to wrap their country. You know, so you know, I you know you know, I guess both of us have been lucky, you know, we were able to travel overseas and do stuff like that and, you know, represent our country overseas and what we did, mm. you know, but I never made a Commonwealth Games, I got injured twice leading into them. So oh. you know, I, and I know a whole lot of other athletes have trained their asses off for their whole life and never made a Commonwealth game. Yeah. She's done it in a year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, I'm one of them. Yeah. So we, you know, we know exactly what it's like, man. Yeah. You know, so she's got talent, but she's very level-headed and she's strong as a ball. She's doing some strong woman stuff with me this year. You know, she's just cool. So, no, she did fantastic. It was a ball. It was quick, flew in, flew out. It was great and, you know... Nice to be back, but, you know, still coaching a whole lot of other guys. I've got another young guy that just missed out on World Juniors. Same kind of story as Steph, you know. He's about seven months in the sport, and he's already knocking on the door of representing our country. Wow. You know, just a freak. South Australia, we've got plenty of freaks. Well, yeah, Adelaide Adelaide was um, repping hard at the Commonwealth Games. Like, I, I always saw when they said, like, you know, so-and-so from Adelaide, Australia. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's... um. That was cool, but yeah. um, before you go, you said that you um, you're into you're into cars. Yes. Uh, and you're looking at purchasing a Cadillac. Yes. Did that go ahead? I am in talks <laughs> with the guy still. Um, oh, it's always one of those situations where you're like, you don't push too hard because mm-hmm. then they say no. Yeah. But you don't sit back too long because God knows what can happen. Yeah. So when you look, the car I'm looking at, I am very keen on getting, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think he's keen on selling it yet. Right. But anything can happen. Any other car can pop up at any time. I'm always looking, always looking. It's hard to import cars now at the moment, all the laws being the way they are. So importing is not looking like the best thing for me. But there's loads of guys. Is that because of what uh, resale or because of drugs? Yeah, well, I'm sure they. they <laughs> yeah, I know. There's plenty looking. of cars get caught with yeah. stuff in them. But the the main thing with importing cars these days is tax. Mm-hmm. Luxury car tax, man, is like ten percent on buying price. Yeah. So you buy a hundred thousand dollar car, it's ten grand luxury tax. Yeah. And then there's ten grand. There's ten percent GST. So it's twenty percent already so you buy a $200,000 car that's 40 grand extra on top and that's that's it just on GST and luxury car tax you still got to get it off the boat you got to get it through Regency mm. you got to pay the guy for the car <laughs> you've got to get it from wherever it is there to Australia yeah so you're looking at you know let's take for the sake of a $100,000 car $100,000 car 10 grand luxury tax uh, ten grand GST, so mm-hmm. you're up to hundred and twenty. Yeah, shipping could be seven to ten grand. Yeah, ten grand, hundred and thirty. Then you've got 
all the fees and shit that you pay when you get here at the docks, that could be hundreds. Um, then you've got to get it through Regency, which could take hundreds. Then you've got to get it on the road. So you're looking at for a hundred thousand dollar car, you could be coming up to hundred and fifty grand. Yeah. That's a stitch up. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way it is, man. And these days, uh, cars, especially from the US, have got a rule of asbestos in the cars because a lot of the old cars have asbestos in the brakes and some parts of the engine. Mm. Now, okay, yeah, asbestos can make you sick, but so can a lot of other things too. (laughs) Yeah, but we can sell cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, trust me, they've got an issue now where on the undercarriages of the car where the black stuff is underneath them to keep them from rusting has a very small portion of asbestos in like I forget what the percentage is but in Australia you can have you have to have 0% mm. asbestos in the car USA is 2% okay so ours is 0 so a lot of their cars have asbestos in mate all the old cars that you see here I guarantee you have asbestos in yeah. there somewhere yeah it's just what happened back then um, but when Great Wall were bringing their utes over from China, like half the car was asbestos. Once they got caught, <laughs> yeah, they bought in the law, which has now screwed everyone trying to bring cars in because it makes it impossible. You right. have to redo everything. Yeah. So it turned around and you could buy, you might have to spend like five grand just to get the car fixed before it even leaves whatever country you bought it from. Right. And they can slug you here when you've bought the car here. They can slug you 10 grand if they have to... Because um, I know a guy that had his whole car taken apart. They actually took the whole car apart and charged him like 10 grand for it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of looking for a car here Yeah. because I don't want to have to go through all that crap. Do you... So what? Do you collect cars or you just like cars... I've liked cars since I was young. I yeah. used to go to the Beta Bird. My grandfather used to take me there when I was... Jeez, primary school. Yeah. Little kid. So he used to take me every year. So I used to go see the Beta Bird. Every year you go see the cars. Yeah. And, um, yeah, grew up loving them. You know, I loved big Rolls Royces. I liked big mm. Bentleys. I loved big Cadillacs and big Buicks and just all the big, long, luxury-looking cars. That is yeah. what cool to me. And I always wanted one. Then obviously I bought, I bought the Lincoln a few years ago. had that. Then I bought the Caddy for a while. I had that. And then now I'm looking for uh, an older Caddy again. And I've got one. I've got a photo of it. I'll show you after. And uh, yeah, look, it's a stunning car. Um, but I just have to take my time. Yeah. We'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> just take time, man. Just eat away at him and just... Try and just work out what I can get. But it'll be soon, hopefully this year. Yeah. But we'll see. You're right. you all you got six months. I know. I've got a little work just harder. fucking flying by. Mate, I work harder on the car than I do pulling the plane. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't shit your pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Good call. Uh, all right, man. Well, thanks for coming back. The pleasure's um, all mine. Thank you for having I'll, me back. I'll have to get you back again for a third one once you've pulled... Or third or fourth... Once you've pulled this world record train and pulling planes. Well, you'll be front and centre for the plane pull. I'll make sure you know exactly what day it's on. Yeah. And time, so you don't rock up the day before. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But no, I mean, I'd love to come back again, man. And and look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much again. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
huge thanks uh, to Jordan for joining us on Welcome to the Party once again, episode 53. Banging these shits at 53? Nah, 52. We're banging these shits out, man. We are banging these shits out. Um, and check the check the links in the bio um, for to have a look at Jordan's sponsors. Um, and when we get some news on these fucking world record pulls and heavier trains and big planes and all this, um, we'll let you know, man. But that's going to be it from Welcome to the Potty uh, on this episode 52. Uh, man, we're back here. We're sober. We're, we're just trying to live our best life, man. And you're living it with us. Have a fucking happy hump day. It already is hump day. I hope you had a great hump day. And the weekend is right around the corner, man. So, yo. Bung bung. Baby, welcome to Baby, welcome to